All right, Jim Collison, uh, a special edition of Home Gadget Geeks. We're here with Paul Brarin. He uh, he has been overseas in Germany for the last uh, three weeks. And uh, when we found out he was going over there, I thought this would be a great opportunity to uh, kind of do some international podcasting. It's really, really difficult uh, for, for whatever reason to get uh, folks from both the UK and from Germany uh, on when we do our shows in the evening because it's so early in the morning over there. Of course, it's easier to get our Australian friends on because it's just noon for them. But So Paul and I uh, agreed. I'm doing. A, I'm here in the Gallup Studios, and I'm doing a podcast from here. Paul stayed up till 10 p.m. Paul Brarin, how are you? I'm great, Jim. It's great to talk to a voice uh, well, four and a half thousand miles away <laughs> uh, with no accent, really. <laughs> and, and I can understand every word you're saying. After three weeks, it's a, a bit of a culture shock. So yeah. it's nice to see a familiar, friendly face. It, it always is. I've spent. I lived in Germany for three years when I was in the military, and I uh, I was over there last spring. I spent ten days with my mom uh, over there, and so I, I completely understand how you feel, uh, especially with being able to understand things. So, uh, and I knew I remember how good it was to talk to somebody back home, just even after a week. You know, it's it's that's a that's a long time to be over there. So, Paul, tell us what you're doing. What took you over there? Why are you over there? Why are you spending a month? Get kind of update us on on what took you over there. Yeah, sure. Uh, I got back from vacation in late August, and there lurking in my inbox was a uh, an interesting email in my IBM inbox, uh, giving me the opportunity to do a residency here at IBM Mainz, Germany, where they have uh, quite the lab. So I was rather excited to accept that opportunity. I know. Uh, <laughs> need to talk to my family, my wife, try to figure out, is this doable? Could it work? And, um, you know, like any such big adventure, you have a bit of a reluctance and hesitation and uh, <laughs> coordination about how to mow the lawn and all that stuff while you're gone. Um, but it didn't take me long to jump in. Within about two days, I had the flights booked and the whole thing ready to roll. Partly because the email was languishing for two weeks and I was already kind of behind the deadline. So I had to pull the trigger quick, run and take a look at my passport, make sure I was good to go there, and... Uh, and go for it. Sort of the details fell into place later. I booked the flights first, everything else I worried about later. And we'll get into a little bit about what some of those other things I had to do to prepare were, um, you know, the, from the tech angle. You know. Yeah, and so uh, so Mines, for folks who don't know, Mines is just south, uh, I'm going to say southwest of the Frankfurt area. So if you've ever been in, in right. Frankfurt, not very far away at all. And of course, Frankfurt is uh, one of the main hubs for Germany. Of course, when I stationed over there in the 80s, it was east and west. And of course, now uh, it's all all one big country uh, as of uh, the early 90s. And, um, and of course, Berlin uh, plays a big role in that. Have you traveled much since you've been there? Have you, have you had a chance to get out and kind of see uh, Germany for all that it is? Oh, over 1,000 miles. <laughs> it's been great. Very good. Yeah, on the weekends, I've traveled. Um, I noticed the local um, radio stations pick up a whole lot of... Uh, American, you know, soldiers in Germany or army bases. So a lot of, you know, um, U.S. music and, uh, you know, talking about post-traumatic stress and support for families and insurance for when you get back to the States, all that stuff. So I just found that kind of interesting to listen to as I'm commuting to work in the morning. Yeah, and, so um, Germany is an EVAC location for a lot of, so anybody that's uh, fighting in the Middle East or has been stationed in the Middle East or injured in the Middle East, they end up in Germany, so there's a big hospital there. And uh, and so you would hear a lot of that. That's that that and, and and actually the forces have drawn down quite a bit. I mean, a lot of the bases, the base that I was stationed at closed long ago, and so it's you know a lot of those things aren't open anymore. But you're still hearing a lot of American, uh, a lot of American radio, huh? Yeah. Um, and, and just back to, back to that uh, email I read. I, I got to admit there was a very personal collection, uh, connection. Um, Getting to Germany was a big deal for anyone in my family. The last time I was there, I was 11 as a kid, visiting my grandparents for a month. So I had family from a small island here in Germany. So to get back here and to go back there was just awesome. And we'll get into that. So there was the work aspect, which was fun, and a little bit of a, you know merging of the stuff I horse around with on my blog and my work world, kind of like you've been seeing, Jim, with your podcasting now at work, right? Mm -hmm. so a taste of that. Yep. Coupled with fun adventures on the weekend. So this has been a good three weeks of my life, I will say. Challenging, exhausting on the weekdays, and a whole lot of fun on the weekends. And uh, a little nerve-wracking at times. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Travel let's, talk, let's talk about the nerve-wracking stuff when it comes to technology because 
Yeah, you know, yeah. We're in a whole new and and I and I, I think I underestimated it when I went over there. I think oh, you know, Western Europe, pretty similar. I mean, it. How different can it be, right? When you think about that. But from sure. everything, from your cell phone, you know, I took my phone over there, not unlocked, which I needed to do to be able to use it uh, over there, to just making sure you can plug stuff in and it's not going to blow up, you know, with with the various power. Sure. So, talk a little bit about, you know, what did you bring? What have you been using? What kind of challenges have you had with the with the gadgets that you brought over? Sure. So once I had the flights booked, it's like, okay, uh, let's look at the journey. First of all, it was a one-way rental car just to get into Newark Airport and flying direct. So I'm like, ah, I'm going to be in a rental car. I need to clip the phone to something so I can have the GPS visible, right? So it started with kind of the journey in chronological order. How do I do it? So I lined up all the power supplies on the floor, all the cables, and then thought about what am I missing? And that's the first thing that struck me. I need a little uh, you know, rubber dashboard mount. I went with a clipping mount knowing my iPhone 5 will be replaced by iPhone 6 soon. Didn't really want to spend much money. so. 20 bucks got the job done at the local Apple store. Little rubber uh, handle that shoves onto an air vent. Next, um, plugging in. Uh, when you're using a GPS in a car, boy, does it drain in a hurry. And often the USB that comes in a rental car doesn't quite do it. It will keep your battery around the same. Could be 20% all day, or it might barely charge it. So I found traveling with a 2.4 amp iPad style charger, a little bulkier, is the way to go with two ports. So I was actually going with my mom. Um, so we have that in common, Jim. We had an adventure. Uh, the first part of the trip, I was with her for the first six days, which was awesome. And uh, she actually lived in Munich for three years uh, with my dad in a U.S. Army base, uh, raising my older brother and sister. So I had that personal connection, and so did she. So it was great to be able to share the first part of the trip with her. Um, thinking about it, I'm like, well, okay, if I'm there with my mom, we, for safety, we've got to have data. So with barely three weeks to spare, I went to travel-sim-germany.com, ordered 5-gig SIM card, or nano SIM for an iPhone, for my phone, Verizon, not unlocked, just a regular iPhone, which is a world phone and has all the antennas, and then 1-gig for my mom, and those came barely in time, and you activate them in advance. So I think it paid 40-something U.S. for mine, and hers is only a low 20s. And uh, that gave us the data we needed, the ability to have that reassurance that Munich's airport was a little smaller than Frankfurt. When we land, we wouldn't have to look for a, a kiosk or a SIM shop or anything. We could just get in the rental car and drive to Austria, which was our first hotel night. So we needed data right away to stay in touch with family, make the safe call, you know, safe arrival, uh, call the home. But more important, get Google Maps working. So Google Maps on a phone, you can download maps in advance, which you may have noticed digging around the menus, but it doesn't help you much if you can't find landmarks or do anything with it. If, you, if your maps are downloaded but you can't look for a restaurant or see the Internet, you're kind of doomed. It's not really a GPS. So luckily I thought about that stuff in advance, and I Googled around. I had a hard time finding info. So you know me. On my blog, I went and talked about it because, uh, you know, all the struggles of figuring out what, where to buy a SIM and how much data and would it work for phone calls. So. With all that squared away, off we went. And, um, you know, charging cables, uh, the car settled. What about the laptops? <laughs> Two laptops. Uh, and the travel router. Is it a D-Link? Um, it's right here. We're talking through it right now. Uh, DIR506L, is it? It's I under 30 might, bucks. I might have one of those. Is it a, is it a white, a kind of a white box? Yeah, it can't yeah, quite yeah. reach the cord. doesn't quite reach the camera. It actually, yeah, it does. This looks... Blinky lights at one end, very small, little tiny uh, foot if you want to actually try to stand it up for some reason. But yeah, very small travel router. Mm -hmm. And uh, what this is doing for me is painted the butt hotels that make you authenticate every 200 megabyte. Well, I do some stuff. I have a computer running testmy.net, hitting the web every five minutes, keeping it alive, authenticating with LastPass, auto login, <laughs> so I'm not typing in room number, name, all that junk. It just does it, and now my phone, everything goes through that little travel router. The computer takes care of the automated keeping the connection alive, and I just use my phone and you know other devices attached to that one Wi-Fi. So that's my way around the dumb authentication you have in hotels, the really uh, painful stuff you go through. Knowing I'd be here for a month, that's kind of a big deal. Um, so, Jim, those are the highlights. There was lots of little pieces. Uh, I lined up those power bricks, looking at if everything is 110 to 230 volts, making sure it had that range in there, and if it didn't, I need to not plug it in. Yeah. Turns out everything I had did. The last time I've been overseas was Barcelona in 2006 for just two days, 
And back then, power supplies weren't always auto-switching. Now, you know, laptops, desktops, even the um, Jabber headset I'm on right now, its power brick was uh, auto-switching. So it came down to one of those universal uh, European power strips. I plug in your hotel, I have only one cable, and now everything's on it. The headphones, there's four different things plugged into the wall, even though the hotel only gave me one. And that power strip lets you plug Euro-style, EU-style, Germany, US-style, all in one strip. So I kept it as simple as possible. Yeah, we, we bought, I just bought an adapter, uh, it, you know, really only about that long, European on one side, American on the other, and mm -hmm. uh, straight, straight pass-through. And that, that worked out really well for me. And then I used to, I've got a Belkin kind of brick a power, you know, kind of a, it's got three power outlets on it and two USB on it um, that, that I could pass through. I wouldn't, I, I don't know, necessarily think I trusted the USB ports on that thing. But I use the power ports to multiply it, and then I I also did check all my bricks just to make sure. But I think for the most part that switch is so common. If you have anything newer in the last two years, uh, but it's you know it's probably going to be pretty good. I think you always want to check though. That's what you just because you'll smoke if you if it doesn't switch, it will absolutely smoke it in a hurry. So you and that's how I heard that noise and smelled that smell back in 2000. Someone that plugged something in I was in a UK and what a noise and smell it made. Yeah, loud pop, brickhead fumes coming out of it is it was instant and obvious. <laughs> it's not pretty. You're like, oh, that brick is gone. So, hey, yep, you, yep. Talked, you talked about Wi-Fi, and uh, in my time over there, that was one of my most frustrating, you know, uh, um, things is trying to find Wi-Fi because it's getting so prevalent here in the U.S. It's just available everywhere. Have you found uh, connecting your phone or anything to Wi-Fi as difficult? I mean, it's, it's almost like going back a couple years uh, here in the U.S. where it's just not available. Yeah, Jim, I've always had, I've been on LTE with such good coverage in the uh, Connecticut area where I live that I don't bother. Okay. I've kind of left that in the rearview mirror. Um, here in Germany, it's been the same with a 5-gig data card that I can monitor the usage. Hasn't been a big problem. A few hundred photos to the family, some live FaceTime video. Um, when I'm in the hotel, of course, Wi-Fi matters, and there, you know, I, I want to use that. <laughs> Even there, it wasn't unlimited. The tiny place in Austria, for instance, first 200 megabytes free. You blow through that, and the next day they want to charge you eight bucks for each additional 100 meg or something. So yeah, it, it felt very lean those first days as we traveled through some rural areas of southern Germany and Bavaria. Um, you know, it was kind of nice too. You know, places where things haven't really changed that much. Horses, hills, mountains, cows. It's okay. You can take the pictures, queue them up for later when you get bandwidth. Yeah, no, right on. It is good to get away, when, especially when you're down there. Just kind of get away, right? I mean, you don't have to have the internet all the time, right? I mean, it's kind of like, come yeah, on, yeah. let's 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 get away from it all. So that's really cool. I didn't realize you get to spend that time with your mom, and uh, you spent some time down no. in Austria. Uh, that, that's a that's very cool. Yeah, it's the big, it's the most rugged mountains I've seen in my life. Um, some of the best pictures I've ever taken. I I climbed up Zugspitze. It's the highest uh, peak in Germany, almost ten thousand feet. And sent a little tweet uh, from up there, Jim, and uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that was a little frightening. Yeah, climbing that rock was actually a little hairy. <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, been there, no, but uh, it was uh, fun to see your pictures. I've been up there before, Zugspitz, and and uh, it, uh, yeah, it was fun to see those pictures. I mean, it was that was 25 years ago, the last time I was up there, but it was still. I mean, nothing changes there, right? That's the nice thing. Did you climb that little, uh, you know, golden tower at the top there? No, I don't think. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah. All right. So what? end up there. Yeah, no. Being the highest peak in Germany, as you imagine, a huge array of uh, dishes, microwave dishes, you know, cellular relays, all kinds of technology in the side of the mountain there, aiming mostly sideways, right? Trying to repeat signal from from one country to another. So yeah, I took some tech photos. You know, you'd see a field full of cows. Whoops, got to turn this. It's, oh yeah, got my little uh, sound with me here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Got some American music going tonight, just a little connection at home. <laughs> All right, um, you know, you'd see cows in a field, and then you'd see a huge array of solar panels on an enormous barn out in a pasture in Austria. So there's some interesting things you notice. I guess electricity is expensive because <laughs> you see a lot of solar panels in Germany. And then I drove to the northern end of Germany, wind turbines everywhere. So things have changed a bit. Um, so yeah, my whole life I've only been to Europe I think three times, and this this is just this by far the most time I've spent here and been able to drive around in a stick shift, <laughs> dusting those skills off. Last time was when I was 17 years old, mm -hmm. so that was an adventure just pulling out of Hertz. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they're a lot cheaper. The automatic costs almost twice as much in a rental car. Yeah, so. isn't that crazy? I, I, I yep. loved. We we rented a little Fiat 500, and uh, well, that's what I was in. I wouldn't say a little, a little bit of a crossover. Yeah, and it, I yeah. loved that thing. A little zippy. It was great for my mom. I mean, that just was a great rental car for us. Uh, another coincidence, but that's what I drove my mom around in. And then when I was driving north, northern Germany, I ended up trading that car into uh, the DB, the Bond train, the uh, fast train from uh, Frankfurt to Germany. Excuse me, Frankfurt to northern Germany, Hamburg. Yep. And that's normally like a five, six-hour drive. It turned into a three-hour, 50-minute train ride. But a um, bit of a mess getting cars at either end. It was a big holiday in Germany at Friday. I got to Hamburg. It's like 10 at night. The Hertz is closed at the train station. Had to... Take another train and a cab became almost 1 a.m. by the time I checked into a hotel near Hamburg. But in a huge Mercedes, the very last rental car they had in that um, airport location, uh, eight-seat Mercedes. Like, okay. Wow. And then the next day, I got to the North Sea, where my family is from. And <laughs> for the ferry boat, they charged me twice because it was twice as long as your normal car <laughs> driving through the streets. Wow. Um, but I made it. So after uh, 450 miles all alone from a Friday afternoon where we had off from work Friday from the holiday, I got up there on Saturday, had six hours in the island, turned around, slept in another hotel, got back on Sunday. So I drove almost 1,000 miles in one weekend. <laughs> it was one heck of a weekend. Yeah. So Germany is larger than I thought. It, it um, is a big country. And confusing, I think, the big joke is the, the road signs, you know, for as good as they are at everything else. Uh, road signs are confusing. Did you find that navigating was difficult as you, as you made your way around? Yes. <laughs> I'm pulling out of a supermarket once. There's a big red arrow pointing to the right. It's like, okay, that means one way, right? You turn your head to the left, look at the end of that road. That should be one way. And there's a stop sign facing me. It's like, okay, uh, is it one way? Or why would they have a stop sign facing the other, you know, stuff like that all the time? Um, on the highways, is this the Autobahn section with no speed limit on the left, or is this 120 kilometers an hour on both lanes, or no truck passing? The signs are crazy. The most uh, scariest part from when we first got to the airport was lack of yellow paint. They use white. So you're on a major highway, and it's white paint dividing the lanes, and you can't really tell. Or is this the equivalent of a U.S. double yellow, or you know, a divided highway, or one, it's crazy. The paint is not like the U.S., so mm -hmm. lots of differences. Yep. Yeah, and I think you need to be prepared. I mean, if you're going to do that, it it really. I, I wasn't. I would have spent more time studying, you know, and in understanding the difference in the driving. I, fortunately, we had a my nephew lived there, and he kind of schooled me for the first two days. Like, oh no, you can't turn there. <laughs> uh, no, you yep. can't turn on a red, right? You can't. You know, this the various rules that. You know, you think, ah, eh, driving's driving. Not, not really, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, <laughs> I wasn't prepared at all. Most, you know, it, it, was, it was kind of a mad dash. Even though I had about two and a half weeks to prepare, there was a lot a lot to do. Uh, a lot more luggage than I've ever traveled with, too, <laughs> just to live somewhere that long. And yeah, you can imagine I had a bit month, of right? tech gear. Yep, and I knew I'd want this headset partly, well, for podcasting. I guess it's fun. But um, Skype, right, talking to family. FaceTime, so this uh, Jabra base here. Oh, I lost your audio, Paul. You muted. Sorry, hold on. You, your Hangout muted on us. Okay. There sure we go. That. That's right. Try it okay, again. So, there, so you have an on-screen display, and you pick your devices. So you see a cell phone picture. At home, I'd have a landline, and then here you have a computer. You can bridge those. So I've done that where I'm on, say, a Skype call, and then someone calls me on a landline, and I want the two to join me all in a three-way, and I can do it's that base station. It just muted you again. Isn't that weird? Yeah, like when you set the base station down, I can't hear you at this point. It's like it, it disconnected your... We, we were coming through your camera mic for a second. Am so I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah. Normal voice? Okay, normal mic. That was I weird. Think, I guess I... Uh, tap, tap on that mic for me. Let's see if we're just on the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're back on the headset. Yep. So. Yeah. So when you move the base station, it must you must have hit a button or something. So, so that Jabber, yeah, I've produced, it's not perfect and as bassy as, you know, the mic you're using, Jim, but I can move around the house and at home, I'm on the phone at work, for work, a whole lot at home, or recording things as I run up and down stairs to my basement or do stuff with servers, at least my voice is consistent because the mic is always the same voice, uh, distance from my face, so, um, and absolutely no audio, uh, audio hiss or static, 
It's a Dect 6 mic. So yeah, I'm traveling with that. So a lot of wires and cables and boxes. Between yeah. that, the power strips, the chargers, I put some of that in check luggage just hoping, you know, nothing would happen from TSA, not worrying about it too much. And uh, off we went. And then the plane, um, yeah, it was Lufthansa. Nothing amazing for tech. The, the HD screens, yeah, they're showing kind of blurry TV, another sort of HD. <laughs> um, I'd say Virgin America is higher tech than Lufthansa. Virgin America, you're ordering food from your your seat. You're paying with credit card at food on demand anytime you want. It's it's beyond this. Um, but the plane was nice enough. And they, well, I found Lufthansa service was just dynamite, right? That While well, the tech yeah. was low, the service was incredible. Yep. And they actually have two stories. They have the downstairs, like a galley, right? You climb downstairs and there's a row of eight bathrooms. I found that unique. No, it's not the A380. I wasn't on the huge, you know, jumbo. But uh, no, that so I wrote down a few things. There's a lot yeah. of tech-related stuff. Um, I, I alluded to the you know wind farms. So I found one. I parked this giant Mercedes van, put a tripod on it, and tried to capture the noise because people talk about they make some noise. I'm like, I found the wind farm where I'm actually close enough to the turbines to catch it. And I know some graffiti on the bottom. I guess kids can kind of horse around. There's really no security out in the countryside. And um, yeah, what a sight that is. It's, these things are about five times taller than anything I ever saw in Rhode Island, where we have a few in the Northeast. They're huge. You know, GE on the side of some of them. And they do make a bit of a noise. It sounds almost like a distant jet engine starting to wind up, like a low, R, low RPM in a jet engine. That's about my best description. You're hearing, I think, the generator part of it. I'm not talking about the blades moving through the wind. I'm not really sure. But, but yeah, I did get to witness that. And... Um, also, weird as you're driving on the highway, and there's these giant shadows at high speed flipping across the highway, and you're driving through the shadow of these wind turbines. I found that a little, uh, uh, a little different. <laughs> um, so yeah, the rural countryside, you, you could call them pretty, you can call them an eyesore. I know there's some controversy there, but clearly when it's windy and up in northern Germany by the North Sea there, they use them. Um, the actual island I was on, I just tweeted out, Jim, at the beginning of this podcast, uh, you'll see some photos. And the island I was on has a really old school you know, old windmill, the kind with cloth sails that you kind of put up, and the whole head of the the building kind of turns into the wind. So that was fun to see, just the difference between the ancient wind turbines uh, the farmers used versus the uh, modern stuff. Um, but a whole lot more solar than our country in general, Jim. You probably, I don't know what you have in the Midwest, but Northeast minimal. And here it's all over the roofs. Almost every barn that had a roof facing sort of south, they had them. I even saw some huge solar farms along the highway driving from um, Frankfurt, uh, from Hamburg back to Frankfurt. So they're much more into it, I would say. So. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. It, 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 and we need to. I mean, we need to do that here in the U.S. I, I don't know when it's going to take. What it's going to take to get that done. I've got a great southern exposure on our house here in Bellevue, and uh, and I just can't. I, it doesn't even make financial sense to put the 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 you know the them up. So. We've we've got some work to do there, but I noticed that too, and that's good. That's good. Although here in the Midwest, we have a lot of so, of uh, wind power. So just uh, the other day, I was driving across Iowa, and it just they go on for miles and miles and miles and miles. So um, that's uh, it's it's windy in Iowa, and so uh, we have those as well. I've seen those flying over, <laughs> tiny little things out the window, right? But uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was. For me, I'm, I'm just like a, a kid. I mean, I enjoy seeing new stuff. And boy, the last three weeks of my life, I've seen new stuff, right? And it's yeah. cool. Hey, it Paul, talk a, a little bit, talk a little bit about your money uh, and, and how you're paying oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, talk. And so let's, let's so, cover that. And then I want to cover a little bit about communication with the family. I want to go back to that a little bit and talk about what you've been sure. doing, how that's worked. But money wise. I took a credit card that had a chip in it, and I thought it would be easy, but I, I didn't find using the credit card anything, uh, you know, uh, I didn't find it easy. How, how have you found it over there? Cash. <laughs> Euros. <laughs> so, yeah, I was warned by a couple of coworkers, yeah, not everyone takes American Express, and the corporate credit card is American Express. So I started with looking at my wallet. I'm like, okay, what do I have? I have a personal American Express, corporate, and a MasterCard. What can I do? I then looked at the expiration dates, and two of them were expiring. Like, okay, got to call American Express, have mail new cards. And then I asked, can you mail me one with a chip? I knew we wouldn't have chip and pin in the U.S. until, I guess, next year, 2015, with new laws. Yeah, and by and the I end of the year. some of them had a chip. Yep, as you found, some of them have a chip. And the personal American Express, they mailed me one with a chip. Um, the professional one, 
the green, you know, corporate one? No, it's not offered. It's like, all right. But I did set up a pin for it. So I can take a cash advance off the corporate card and then expense it. So you're basically paying a per diem allowance and um, paying euro cash everywhere. Went to a nice German restaurant in downtown Mainz last night, town of oh, Gutenberg, very historic. I think you had been here, right? You said a Gutenberg picture. Yep, absolutely. Took pictures in rooms you weren't supposed to take pictures in. I remember that. <laughs> I did get busted. <laughs> <laughs> you probably tweeted into the world, but yeah. Um, but anyhow, right there, there was an example of uh, almost every meal right there in Mainz. You're paying cash. Um, I didn't even want the embarrassment. I'm usually eating with a group, and you got to deal with it, and everyone's just chipping in cash. The credit cards are just a mess. Um, if they're going to bring the machine to your table, they're expecting chip and pin. So if you're an American, you stick out like a sore thumb because uh, you don't have it. Like I was with another guy from Sweden. He's all set, but you can have a mix of him and Americans. Everyone just agrees, ah, just, just pay cash. So that's it. Every eight days I go to the bank because they don't let me take it out more than once a week, and I withdraw cash on the one card. That is really low-tech, Jim. Um, Americans look real backwards. Your credit card is almost useless because it's American Express brand. MasterCard and Visa might be a little more accepted, but you still don't have a chip in it to then type a pin in a machine they have at the register. Uh, the second night I was there, I stopped at the Apple store to check out the iPhone 6, which were, my orders were waiting for me back at home, but also to see you know, what the stores were like, what it was like in a mall, and to, my belt had broken, so I needed a belt. And in that store, she's like, no, no, no. When I went to swipe my card, she saw the chip in the American Express card, the personal one. She's like, no, 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 Put in, and she t puts it in the slot. So they have machines that have both a swipe slot and then a slot that takes the chip reader. And you, you're nodding your head, you probably remember that. So immediately I was doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But that worked. I guess it was a little more convenient. So for clothing in a mall, okay, maybe you're okay with American Express, but for food, no. I don't think I've seen the logo anywhere. It's Maestro is here. That's their brand hmm. that everyone takes. So. Yeah, you asked about money, and it's it's a mess. So luckily, I was fairly well prepared. I had U.S. dollars, changed it into euros right in the airport before getting out of there so I wouldn't get stuck. And um, then when we ran out, we went to a ATM machine and pulled out of my uh, TD Bank back at home, which also works. Uh, you know, you can take out of an ATM. Yeah, we, we did um, cash too, although I did use the card for gas and uh, from time to time when we needed it. And... I got chewed out. I went into a, I went into the gas station. And I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was doing. Oh. And so I got chewed yeah. out by the gas station attendant for you know hey, put put it in there just put it in there you know and I was like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing help me yep. and uh, and so well, he, I, he reaches around over the counter and puts it in for me and you know and and uh, so yeah I I remember that embarrassment you're just like it's so you just you think this shouldn't be that hard and it's not but. It's different in that it, uh, it doesn't yeah. really work. In the smaller towns, you also probably found they're not speaking any English, too. Yeah, so and I tried to do a little German, which helped, but still, yeah. it was tough. So I also noticed, too, uh, I think there's big differences in finance charges. So the corporate card gets dinged $9.11 for every uh, European withdrawal from a U.S. American Express. Then TD Bank, I am lucky enough to have an account from uh, 10 years ago where you pay no ATM fees. And so far, when I log in and look at that account, I don't think they're paying, charging me here, too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But if you are going to travel overseas, it's worth looking into. What is your ATM? What is your bank going to charge you? Yeah. Versus, uh, like, MasterCard or American Express cash advances, which you don't you know, normally do when you're in the U.S. Yeah. It's worth looking into before you get in the plane, for sure. And it might even be um, worth opening a U.S. account, like at Citibank or some of those others that have branches there, because there's... There's certain things you can do across if you have an account here in the U.S. and an account in Europe. I imagine Australia would be the same way. I think some of them offer you chip and pin, too, before your flight, so right. you can conveniently be more like a European, right? Right. Um, you know, it's interesting bringing up chip and pin because laws, to get everyone to do that, all the retailers in the U.S. need to do it by law next year. That, coupled with near-field communications from you know Google or Apple, that could really change U.S. payments where we won't, you know, we'll, will finally become a little more leading edge, right? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the, here's, here's, so this is that, when we talk about the chip in the card, so here's, I shouldn't show, show the whole number there. If you look at my Bank of America card here, this is my, my credit card. That's the chip that you're looking for on that. And so, um, it it's, and that that's, I, I ordered this um, specifically for Bank of America. There are another bank that's over there as well. Yep, and here's the example on American Express. Um, same deal. 
little tiny chip in the corner. You can, oh, yep. There you go. You can kind of make it out. Yep. Now, here's the thing. I'm at that mall. I buy the belt, proud of myself. I'm like, okay, I got to the Apple store. I got, got a belt in the store. This is, my, I think, my second night in Germany. And I'm pulling out. I'm like, okay, great, a gas station right at the mall. Oh, well, the mall had closed. So I, at 8 p.m., the mall's closed kind of early. So I got the last food of the day, and I'm out of there like 9.30, and everyone's gone. I get I, I look at the machine for gas, and as you notice, it's not like an ATM. There's no place to put a credit card in. So uh, a little silly, but I'm like, uh, okay. Didn't even really think to just pick it up and start pumping. So I go inside to see if I'm prepaying. I couldn't read a thing, right? <laughs> no, she's just gesturing. No, no, just go fill it. All right. So I fill the tank with diesel, come back in. There's no logos. I go, oh, okay, let's see what happens here. And she goes, that'll be, you know, 56 year or whatever. I'm looking through my wallet. And uh, after Austria and that other part of the trip, I didn't have much left. I just assumed a gas station would actually take a credit card. No credit cards. Maestro only. No Visa, no American, no Visa, no American Express, no MasterCard. I was in trouble. <laughs> so right away, the lady, she's not really laughing. She's like, well, can you go to an ATM? You know, she said that much English. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess back in the mall somewhere. Guy behind me has mercy on me. He walks me to the ATM like a quarter mile, the complete opposite end of the mall. She takes either my passport or my license. She wanted some collateral. So I left my car right there at the pump, and off I went with and She's got my license. And uh, turned into a 20-minute affair just to pay the darn gas station. So I felt like an idiot. I was a little nervous, like, whoa, how do I pay her? And so, yeah, I got my money from the ATM. A very nice per person, you know, helped me out. He leaves his wife with a baby at the gas station to walk me to the ATM safely at night. That's nice. I, just incredibly nice people. It's an example of the humans that are here. That's the cool stuff that you tend to remember, right? It's like, wow, yeah. these people are friendly. Yeah. Um, it's just really cool. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, yeah. I, I felt I, I did some stupid stuff, with my, even though if you got to keep your wallet kind of full. Yeah. It's <laughs> the other point. Yeah, it's it's, I, I it's hard enough way. that you should have some cash on you, you know, at any at any point because you just you like three hundred, not like twelve bucks like I usually have in the U.S. <laughs> I take credit card everywhere. Got a ten. I like to pay credit cards. I like to track it when it's yeah. all cash. I don't have a clue. I don't like that. So right. that's just me. Right. Well, anyhow, talk a little bit about how you've communicated back with your family. So what's what's working sure. for you? How, how have you guys done that? Well, let me let me start with. Uh, well, the hotel that kept cutting me off at 200 megabytes, that was going to be a problem for this podcast. So I had to figure that out. knew I was going to get cut off every 10 minutes, Google Plusing with you, because I already scheduled this with you. But and my family. I'm trying to do a three-way video Skype chat with my two kids uh, away at college, my wife at home, and me. So we're all over the place, and uh, getting cut off every 10 minutes is getting old. So I fixed that with the, you know, the router, the auto-login routine, and, and begging the hotel to uh, give me more data. And, and they did. They relented. Um, so also, so that was Skype, and Skype's been working out fairly well. Um, and yeah, of course, it can, as you know, do video, and you can do multi-way video. For U.S. calls, I'm doing Skype out, because I've had to talk to American, American Express Travel, um, American Verizon for what's wrong with my iPhone order, why is it on hold? These little things keep coming up where I need to talk to someone back in the U.S. at like 11 p.m. here, uh, you know, and so forth, to try to talk to my family. It's late here, right? you got the time zone difference. So... That's all worked out okay, if the internet's decent. You and I are getting a little lag, right, Jim? My lips are not quite matching, about a second of lag. But um, that was the easy part. Out and about, um, the SIM card. It's been pretty good for most of Germany. Even up on a mountain, I could tweet you know, from 10,000 feet. The magical moment came when I was at that island. Um, my parents didn't know I'd make the trip. And I'm sitting in the back of the Mercedes. I've got the phone set up with FaceTime. And I'm live video streaming from this dinky island in the North Sea that I hadn't been to in 35 years. And I'm sitting in the back of Mercedes, my like, kind of like a little um, tailgate party of one, but not feeling disconnected from families 4,000 miles away, knowing I'm about to see them on video. And it was awesome. You know, I called them on FaceTime. I've got the camera on reverse looking at my face. And then I just say hi to my parents. I go, you'll never guess where I am. And I pan the camera over, and there's windmills behind me immediately. They knew where I'd made it. So it was a long journey. I needed a day from work for to pull it off. I didn't know I'd make it. Technology really brought us close that day. They really, the whole family, we had a WhatsApp chat going the whole afternoon. They're seeing pictures I took moments earlier and little video snippets I would send. All over 3G and 4G data from that island. And, uh, it was awesome. So technology brought, you know, old world to new world. And uh, it worked. Um, 
there was hiccups, you know, it would drop and I'd call back in a few minutes from another spot in the island or whatever. But um, for the most part, you know, technology has enhanced things and it's sure made me feel a whole lot safer traveling in a, a far away. I mean, if I had done this trip five years ago, it would be a whole lot more nerve-wracking not having things like Google Translate on the phone and Word Lens to aim at a menu. Have you used that? Yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing in its accuracy sometimes, but I'm going to a kebab place to try to order and... It gives me some crazy words, but it gives me a clue. You can't even find out what's a hero, you know, gyro, uh, or what's, uh, you have no idea. It's all in German. And I went to another restaurant, a Chinese restaurant. Everyone spoke German, and um, the rent menu is completely in German. A lot of times there's no English menu. So WordLens is a free app. You can aim, and it gives you instant overlay of German words over, sorry, English words over the German menu you're aiming the phone at. It's pretty awesome. 80 to 70% of the words, <laughs> enough to get by. Um, so I think I, I captured some of this on Tinkertry.com already um, with a little bit of travel tech article. And even when I visited Indianapolis, you remember, Jim, I'm, I'm all over you know, the airport and LTE speed and as I'm driving at the meetup and all that stuff. I always do that kind of stuff. And this, this trip was just you know, way beyond all that. So I, I did get to hear your meetup news as I was driving. Uh, it's kind of cool to be connected to home listening to familiar voices, you and Dave McCabe talking about the meetup. As I'm in a land far, far away, it just makes you feel more connected, a little comfort listening, right? And those long drives, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, of course, well, I doubt. Yeah. What's What's incredible? I think you think. Well, you're just. I mean, it's like I just took flights this this last week. I was in Florida, you know, and you come and go, and you think that's not a big deal. The time zone difference is just for me is what seems to make the biggest deal because I would be going. I mean, my day would be finishing, and they'd just be waking up here in the United States, and you just feel it. For me, it felt so far away. So those kinds of technologies, I remember the first night I was there this last time, and Dave was doing a show, and so I logged into chat. I didn't have a really bad Wi-Fi, so I couldn't really, I could I, maybe get the audio, but the video wasn't great, and I was in the chat room. But just being able to talk to friends after trying for, you know, <laughs> 15 hours, and you're in a completely different country, uh, made all the yep. difference in the world. You know, it was, it was so, no, yep. so I totally understand just hearing some, Familiar voices. It's kind of nice because you're you are far away yeah. and you're they you know it's a different completely different language. Yeah, no, I and I appreciate you doing this podcast early. I, like you said, um, you know, my wife gets home from work at five thirty, so it's eleven thirty here. That's my shot to talk to her once a day. For you know, that's it. <laughs> Nothing else yeah. makes any sense or could possibly work. Yeah, and so it, that, that makes it, gives you it feels late. You're like, oh man, I can't believe they're just. They're going to be up. This was one of the things that got me. It was just like, man, they're going to be up. I'm going to be sleeping. And then I'm going to wake up and they'll be in bed, you know? And it was that that time difference to Europe just seems to be the one that, that always that always gets me. So it was uh, seemed like harder harder to Europe. Like I said, with Australia, it was different because that's, I mean, it's it's in the other direction. It's, it's eight hours in the other direction. And so evening time here, noon time there, that seems to work for me. But the European experience was just a lot different. Yep, and um, well, you've talked about it too. Just attendance at your live events—it's a struggle because it's the middle of the night for them. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, no, no, it's almost impossible. So, as far as um, technology, let me just look at my notes here. Um, we covered the the big highlights, and just phones, laptops, preparedness. So, airports and you know security—that I found pretty smooth. As I mentioned, I did. You know, checked in luggage, and I trusted TSA. And what do you know? There's a TSA note in my luggage. There was a box just jammed full of you know USB cables, power bricks, all of it. I just went and trusted that and checked in. I couldn't carry it all in the carry-on necessarily. Some of it kind of bulky, and um, that worked out. I had a second laptop. I had a my old Windows 8 one instance, and the corporate stuff, just in case things went wrong. You know me. I had a cloned SSD in my pocket, just making sure that if things went horribly wrong or something broke, I had a Plan B. So I actually have two laptops, and these days with Windows 8.1, you can pretty much boot that laptop and hard drive in a different, completely different system. It's going to boot without blue screening. It'll find some stuff on USB and do that, but I also encrypted the heck out of everything, right? So the SSDs, power and password, and encryption, and, and a lot of prep. And a little indulgence was the one terabyte SSD, gem. So I finally splurged, went with a Samsung 830 EVO, under $400, bucks, well under 400 and uh, that was a lot, my, a lot of my trip preparation involved cloning and moving data. And uh, I was just fed up with the 256 continually being full, you know, my C drive and moving stuff to my one terabyte D drive and the laptop. 
And I finally just dove in, and man, I'm so glad I did. Um, between the work stuff and the personal stuff, uh, I wasn't been I wouldn't have been even close. Uh, my storage needs almost doubled in three weeks and less. So, so yeah, that was a success. It's it's just wonderful that a tiny M SATA card, which is what I bought, can hold one terabyte. I put it in a little traditional 2.5 inch laptop sled, so I have the versatility to slide it right in a regular hard drive bay. But someday it can go in an M SATA slot in a small form factor PC or whatever. So. Um, the speed's about the same as a regular form factor, so I just went with the tiny M SATA. You know, basically the size of a, I think it's a US 50 cent piece, something like that. Give you an idea of the scale. So That's crazy. So yeah, so the travel took kind of started before the trip, just getting everything ready and knowing when I got in the plane I had backups. So I think I had five little hard drives with me, two laptops, power bricks for all of it. Yeah, I wasn't traveling too light. But for overseas you get it was like two fifty pound bags, so you know, it was all right. Um, so yeah, that, that's me. I always, I'm just used to being prepared. I know yeah. what it's like when you're overseas and, you know, I don't know. I know they have something kind of like fries. It's more like uh, Best Buy, really, the one I went to, a right. store called Saturn. Mm -hmm. And if you saw the picture of a router, I tweeted out a router brand of Fritz. Yeah, it just, it's just the goofiest little things. And the word Netgear doesn't even exist in their router, you know, aisle. And uh, all the differences in brands I, I just find fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's cool. It's, you know, it is fun. You again, we think the world, uh, you know, because of all the technology advancements, we think the world's gotten really small, and it has in some ways until you travel, mm -hmm. right? And then you realize, no, it's not as small as you think. It's still a big, gigantic, you know, it's different in different markets. They, you know, they they've got different different ways of doing stuff and different ways of driving and. And so it's pretty cool. I, I, you know, it's a great experience, Paul, and I think great for you to get out for the month. You've got about a week left. I'm sure you're anxious to get home at this point. You've got about a week and a half. I'm going to Rotterdam this weekend. I have a, a site fan um, in the Netherlands there, and that's only uh, a less than a four-hour drive. So one more adventure for me this weekend. Uh, the following weekend, I come home on a Saturday. So, yeah, about a, uh, a week and three days left. Uh, that Rotterdam trip, it turns out Netherlands, the sixth biggest country visiting my site, they're huge. They've been into VM, VMware virtualization. Some of the top bloggers are there. So it'll be really cool to um, meet folks in Rotterdam. And um, that's more like the small world feel, the fact that people have reached out and made comments on my YouTube videos or my website from all over the world. And when you tweet something out and you've been around long enough, like you, Jim, it is fun to see someone actually answer, right? Yeah. First two or three years wow. of blogging, there's only a few hundred people reading your stuff. It's kind of painful, um, and it, it's really nice to actually have people say, "Hey, it's cool you're in town." And people gave me restaurant recommendations here in Mainz that have actually been here in this part of Germany. That's awesome. That that's the fun power of you know the social stuff. I don't tend to abuse it. I only send like two or three tweets a week, as you probably noticed. I don't, I don't do a lot on it. Um, most of it's announcing you know something I, I publish, but. Yeah, uh, it's great to meet people. So the memories of the incredibly friendly people and some people I feel a little like I've known through you know correspondence over the years. Like you, Jim, when I met you at the first meetup, we had talked so much and done so many podcasts. Seeing in the aisles, what was it? Uh, the best part? Where were we first meet each other? It was just kind of familiar. You know? it was yeah, five, sorry. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah, it, it makes yeah. the world a little smaller. But, but yeah. you're right, there's challenges. In time zones, you can't get past that one. It's Nothing tough. can do about that. No, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's all, you can have all the technology in the world, but that sun is, uh, is way more powerful than any of that technology. And so it's fine here, we stayed up the whole first day. We slept a little on the plane, like an hour and a half, but you're basically no. pulling an all-nighter. No, we just stuck it out to the no. first night. We did okay. I think coming back, it'll actually be more brutal. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It was tough. It took me a couple of days uh, once I get back. You'd mentioned meter, uh, meet up or meeting your listeners or, or your readers. I had gotten when I was over there. I'd gotten a couple, and we um, I would try to I tried to, and I think it was somebody up in uh, Amsterdam, I think, and uh, and we were going to go to the UK at one point too. And it was fun to have listeners say, "Oh, hey, you, you know, here I, I see my show is primarily a U.S. audience, but it you do find those listeners uh, just around the globe who will say, "Hey, while you're here, we ought to get together," and that that is a blast. That for me, I just. I had that happen on the Gallup side. I was in LA, and one of the coaches, one of our strengths coaches, said, "Hey, while you're down here, let's just, you know, let's get together and, and chat." And so she met. Uh, we met her at the hotel when I went to the hotel restaurant, and and uh, it was fun. You know, it's just great to meet the listeners. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll say the reverse too. If anybody listening to this is ever in the Omaha area, you know, I always say, 
we're from Bellevue, Nebraska, but of course Omaha is a major center. We'll always love to meet up with you if you're listening to it. I'd like you to do that. Paul, anything else you want to talk about? As we we've been we've been going about 45 minutes. It's gone pretty fast. But uh, anything else you want to? Wow. Oh, talk about this real quick. So we haven't talked about what you're actually doing there. Can you talk a little bit about that? What's what your your day job? What do they have you doing? And can you talk about it? Beta, <laughs> some of it. So I can't talk about all of it. But yes, you know, it, it well, okay, you can kind of get some hints from what I'm wearing as a shirt. Yeah, there you go. So I've played with a lot of different virtualization over the years um, and a lot of hardware. So this is marrying the two and a lot of fun for me to get to play with the latest and greatest. And um, in two or three months, you'll know more about what I was actually doing when I was here. But no, I actually can't talk about it too much. Perfect for joining the podcast, Jim. No, that's all right. <laughs> but, that's all right. But we had now, a lot of fun. The point is that an IBM lab with millions of dollars of gear that I don't have in Connecticut, that's the opportunity. That's why I'm here in Germany. It's not a frill or a vacation. We're busting our humps <laughs> to put out some um, material for IBM, and uh, it's just an honor and a privilege. And the lab and the gear is here in Mainz, Germany. And as you mentioned, Jim, on podcast, I am surrounded by people way smarter than me all day. It's intimidating, but it's also good. It's nerve-wracking and scary to get in that plane, and no, you barely have a clue what you're getting into. But it also, I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel that it's going to feel good when we actually pull pull off the, the, the work we're putting out. So you'll know more in about two, three months. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. And uh, like any challenge in life, just not easy and definitely scary. Um, yeah. But you also know you're kind of growing up as a as a person a bit, stretching your stretching your limits. Sure. And surrounding sure. yourself by really smart people. And IBM has a lot of those, particularly in Mainz, Germany, apparently. I, I bet they do. I bet they do. Well, we'll remind uh, individuals if they're wondering if you if this is the first time you've met Paul through our podcast, uh, his site, Tinkertry, T I N K E R T R Y dot com. And uh, you should go out. One of the one of the the better tech blogs uh, that I that I get a chance or that we get a chance in our community to be a part of. Paul's very thorough and a lot of information that's out there. He mentioned his uh, his tech travel or his travel his travel tech post and that's out there as well and uh, you can get access to that of course I'll leave a link in the show notes as well if you want to just go out there and click on that um, you can go out to his site and uh, take a peek at that stuff as well and want and follow him if you're into VM VMware at all you should probably have his site as one of the ones that you're looking at fairly regularly uh, Paul posts about that stuff a lot when he can and uh, some really good information is out there well. Paul, thanks for taking some time to. Uh, I know you had to stay up for us, and I appreciate that. And the, my one impression of Germany when I was there again, and even when I lived there, it gets when it gets dark, it gets really dark. <laughs> like it's <laughs> that's the darkest country I've ever been to because they don't light it. You know, in the U.S., you know, we got lights everywhere, right? And yep. and not so much uh, there. And so I just remember being on the streets at night. It is dark. You know, and it just felt, uh, it just, it just feels, and of course, you're there, let's see, we're in the, so it's getting pretty chilly, right? You've, you're getting some chilly nights uh, with the with fall coming? No, it's been incredibly hot uh, oh. back in Connecticut, too. It's been unusually warm, 72 in the day and 65 at night, okay. and uh, a bit of rain the last few days. We've had gorgeous weather. It's been amazing. That's great. Uh, but you're right, it would normally be pretty darn cold in October right now, especially northern Germany where I drove, but even there it was 70 degrees that day. So I've lucked out, and um, hey, um, just when I was talking about photos earlier, people don't normally really enjoy other people's vacation photos. I understand that. I'll try to put together some of my, uh, I'm doing OneDrive, um, which does a decent job of showing photos. I'll try to put, you know, a bit of a tech angle on it, right? The solar panels, the, the wind turbines, and, and I'll be writing some stories about that coming up. But I still mix in things like Rufus, a great utility uh, that's free to make a USB bootable drive for your Windows 10, right? So if you're a geek listener to this, you're playing around with Windows 10, and Microsoft's tool you find takes nine minutes. There's a tool that can make a USB key that boots your Windows 10 install in under two minutes. And Brian Burgess just wrote up an article over at Groovy Post about that. Oh, cool. And that's one of my popular articles where it also happens to work very well with VMware ESXi hypervisor. So if you're ever looking for a piece of free software, I don't think I found anything nearly as good in the last two years. Freeware is tending to be very scary crapware these days. And it's just a delight to find something good. So a little shout-out to... Brian Burgess at Groovy Post, who just wrote up a thing about using Rufus for uh, flash drives. And um, 
I always follow that stuff. Doesn't matter if I'm in Germany or in the U.S. I still tinker around with things like that in the evenings, and uh, I'm always on the lookout. And I, I played with Windows 10 within t six hours of it coming out. And yeah, it works fine on VMware. I'm sure, it works fine on Hyper-V2, and probably works fine in your local laptop with you know VMware Player or uh, other free virtualization software. Microsoft's gotten better with a lack of charms. You don't have to worry about the corners, right? So all that stuff you can play with. So I've been all about virtualization for like 10 years because I like to play with the latest and greatest safely without messing up my laptop. So that's kind of what makes me tick. I, I like being on the bleeding edge, but safely doing it without messing up my day job, my work, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's what my articles well, tend to be about. I had an extra laptop, so uh, Windows 10 went on our laptop natively. It's just sitting right there, and and uh, been, I actually produced an entire podcast on Windows 10. So that was the the goal was from start to finish, be able to do all the editing, be able to do all the you know all the metadata changes to it, be able to upload it, be able to, you know all that stuff. Uh, I wanted to see if it would do it, and it did it for, it did it pretty well. So it was a good test to uh, last. So if you listen to Home Gadget Geeks 185, that was completely published. I think that was the one, completely published on uh, on Windows 10. So, well, Paul, very good. Well, thanks for coming out. We'll wish you safe travels on the way back, and uh, uh, say thanks for taking the time to uh, to stay up late for us. And uh, we wish you the very best. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again here on Home Gadget Geeks when uh, you get back, you get settled in. Maybe we'll shoot for that announcement time when you can talk about what you're doing there, and we'll follow up. And uh, once you can talk about it publicly, we'll have you back on and fill us in. Thank you so much. If anyone's actually you know in Europe or wants to follow me at, at Tinkerer Guy is probably best on Twitter at Tinkerer Guy, and uh, right on TinkerTry.com you'll see my contact links all in the upper right corner. Thank you, Jim, for another. Fun opportunity. Uh, time always flies when talking with you. This one's particularly memorable. There was this one and flying over you in Nebraska, waving you below, literally doing a live Google Hangout. That was yeah. another cool moment, right? That was a lot of but fun. This we, is the first we had some good ones. We, that was fun. Yep. Good ones. Well, I'll remind, I'll remind everyone, of course, as, as I wrap this up, I think it's actually long enough it may make its own podcast. So I'm going to, I might just put it in its wow. own feed separately in that. So because of that, let me remind you, if you're, if you're listening to this for the first time uh, and you're kind of like, oh, I want to get some more Home Gadget Geeks, of course, you can find all that we do out at TheAverageGuy.tv. I'll remind those who are part of our community, if you want to help us support the Tech Scholarship Fund, you can send us, uh, you can always, when you purchase through Amazon, you can always use TheAverageGuy.tv slash Amazon. That'll get you there. We have a brand new one for John Zadler in Canada. So if you go to TheAverageGuy.tv slash AmazonCA, if you, if you live in Canada and use that affiliate link, those proceeds will go towards the hack fund for John Zadler. You'll be able to pick up some stuff and hack on it. Um, so that's always good. We are always live for the most part, about 50 out of 52 weeks uh, a year. We're live at TheAverageGuy.tv slash live Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. We're actually going to be live tonight. I, want, I had to get Paul in early. Uh, and we've got a guest coming on tonight uh, on, on Home Gadget Geeks, and we'll record another one. I get two in one day, Paul. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's exhausting. Well, thank you again, All right, you bet, Paul. Thanks again. Thanks for watching and uh and we'll catch you back uh when you get back in. Thanks. <laughs>